Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining me again. I've got Steven. He's back for part two. I'm excited. I hope everybody watching is equally as excited. Steven, thanks for coming back, man. Of course. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So just to recap, I guess part one, uh, you are you're just killing it on Etsy. 2.5 million plus sold. Um, you you let me validate that too. So you're not, you know, you're not lying about that. You definitely did it. And uh, today you're going to do what? You're going to tell us your process for finding winners, basically? Yeah, that's the plan. Essentially, my process to find winning products. Dude, yeah, that was a great cliffhanger, by the way. Thanks for letting me milk this for two YouTube videos. I'm sure everybody watching um, loves that I did that. Forgive me. Forgive me. Um, before we get to you telling your process, how about we do a quick Q&A? Because we had some questions in the comments from last video. Is that cool? Perfect. Yeah, shoot away. All right. I appreciate I appreciate it. The first one is actually not related to Etsy. It's just they wanted to know, like, what's your YouTube channel? What's your social media? So I'm kind of a weird in the regards, like I don't have social media. It's like, I don't have an Instagram or I didn't have an Instagram before this video, uh, Snapchat, TikTok, you know, Facebook, things like that. So like, I'm kind of a ghost. <laughs> so but it allows me to spend more time with my family and my business. Right. So actually I do have an Instagram now forced, uh, by Ryan. Uh, so I do have an Instagram. It's ecom Steven. So if yeah, you go I'm on there, plug it. yeah. So I was gonna say it's brand new, literally launched it one hour ago. I, it took me forever to even figure out how to post a, a, a picture, a post. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. So ecom Steven is my Instagram. Cool. I'm going to link to his Instagram guys in the description. And then, um, this was, I think it's a good idea, right? Cause I mean, they're already asking for it. They want to follow you and keep up with what you got going on and you can share whatever. But, um, we talked about maybe you'll also share kind of an outline of what you're going to be, be talking about today as an Instagram post. So I'll link directly to that top link mm -hmm. in the description. Cool. Um, next one is related to Etsy. Do you sell jewelry or mugs as one of your um, primary product categories? So personally, I do not sell jewelry or mugs, but I know people who are making a lot of money selling both jewelry and mugs. So those are two really good product categories to sell in. But personally, no, I don't. Cool. Do you use any paid tools for researching top selling products and niches and whatnot? Yes. Yeah. So I'm a huge believer that like, you can't do hope marketing. You have to use data to make your decisions and going through our process today, like you will need a tool to do this. So I do use like research tools like Everbee or Allura to be able to ex extract the data that I need for the process. So yes, I do. All right. And I uh, asked Steven if he had an affiliate link and he said no. So shameless plug. If you guys want to use mine, it will be in the description for both Allura and Everbee. Um, if you had to choose one, <laughs> Steven, I don't know. I know what I'd probably choose. I'd probably if I'm being honest, I mean, I'm, I'm used to using Allura more than ever be having used both. What do you, do you have a lean? Uh, so I, I personally used Allura myself. I'm not a buddies with Cody from Everbee, and they both do the same thing. So it yeah. comes down to like Everbee's cheaper than Allura. So if it's price oh, point, gotcha. I'd go with Everbee. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. Uh, do you use any, sorry, I just asked you that one. Do you use Pinterest for getting traffic to your Etsy store? So I don't use any any platforms outside of Etsy to try to drive, drive traffic to Etsy. So I don't use Pinterest. I don't use TikTok. I don't use Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google ads. I just do everything right on platform. Um, because again, people are going to Etsy to buy something. I'm not trying to like make a Facebook post to try to get a click to my store to still get like a 3% conversion rate. Cause you're going to need like 30 clicks to 50 clicks on that post to just get one conversion. So the time it takes to get an ROI on that time, it's just, I, I get a better ROI 
just launching more products. So I don't do any, any outside traffic. It's tough to convert the outside traffic guys. I think if you're going to go for it, like my opinion is always like, you know, find a streamlined way that, that really works for you. Like I, I've in the past used like a crazy kind of janky, um, not even janky really. I use this um, platform called Zapier, which kind of let me like mm-hmm. automate basically every time Etsy renews, you can get, get your RSS feed. There is an RSS feed associated with every shop and mm-hmm. um, it can basically like grab elements from that, like your title, your description, whatever format it and your image post it to mm-hmm. like Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest. Yeah. But Pinterest, I think requires now you to pay for Zapier. So anyways, if anybody's interested, I'll also plug that in the, the video I did uh, linked in the description. All right. Last, last question is your niche seasonal. I guess it could be niche or product, I guess, but niche mm-hmm. seasonal or holiday specific. So I definitely leverage niches and I definitely leverage holidays because it's all about relevancy. So I don't sell um, holiday specific products, but I sell uh, products that are ever being like apparel, for example, and then I launch um, holiday designs on apparel. So like Halloween designs for Halloween, Thanksgiving designs for Thanksgiving, Christmas designs for Thanksgiving, uh, or sorry, Christmas designs for Christmas, because those will do really good during those seasons because it's all about relevancy. So not seasonal specific products, but seasonal designs on my evergreen products. Okay. And that makes a lot of sense. So thanks for sharing. And um, I'm sure there's probably more questions, but uh, instead of us having like, I didn't, I didn't really ask people to ask questions. So instead of us having like 50 to, to go through, I think that was all I had found in the comments. So if you want to pivot now and kind of pick back up on that cliffhanger, cause I'm honestly, yeah. we didn't talk about it. I'm interested to see, uh, what you've got going on here in terms of like finding validating, um, opportunities and for yeah. you, it's a big deal, right? Because you have to like actually go and like order the products you do self-fulfillment. So it's a little bit yeah. different. I mean, it's basically the same, but a little bit different in that you're invested a little bit more. Um, yeah. So it, I, it, yeah. It's definitely more of a requirement to be more safe in like hedging my bets when I launch a new product because I'm not doing print on demand. So if it fails, I'm not like the time it took to research the product, the month it took to get from China, the samples, I have to buy like, you know, 10 to $20,000 in inventory, then maybe the equipment, then I have to learn how to make it because I'm in a handmade shop for it to fail, right? So there's a, there's way more of a downside if I fail than if it's POD. So it forces me or forced me to come up with like a, a, a system, a process to almost guarantee results every single time. So it's the same, again, the same process I use for the masks to make my first million dollars in Etsy. It's the same process I've used in my last four product launches to make my next $1.5 million in Etsy. Um, so again, I'm going to show you with you guys this exact process that I use. Um, and again, I don't think anyone's actually teaching this on YouTube, any courses. It's so this is going to be a pretty good video. Uh, so hopefully it changes a lot of people's lives because it takes just as much time to launch a listing that makes no money as it does to launch a product that does make money. So if you can spend as much time launching the right products, the right listings that make money, you get a better ROI, a better ROI for your time. So I've tried to break this down into just five steps. So these are like the five steps that I use to find winning products to launch on Etsy. And when I say products, it's like the designs. So like you have to, before you do this, you have to know like what product type you want to sell, like apparel. And then we'll go through these five steps to determine what designs to launch onto the apparel. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. And by the way, guys, hit that like button. This is all Stephen doing this just out of the kindness of his heart. He didn't even have a social media account until today. So um, that's definitely like a really cool that you're here doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I'm not selling you guys anything. I have no course. (laughs) So, all right. So, so step number one is we want to find five to 10 other Etsy shops that we want to mirror. So step one, five, five to 10 shops you want to mirror. And what that means is you want to find five to 10 shops that like, if you were them, you would be happy. So that's dependent upon you and like what you define as successful. So they're selling the same product type as you. So they're selling apparel. 
they're selling in the same niches that you would like to sell in. So I don't believe that you should have like a niche specific store, like only selling dog products. But like for me personally, like I wouldn't want to sell like vulgar shirts, gothic shirts, maybe political shirts, but any, any standard, like, you know, mom tea, I'd be okay with selling. Right. So apparel mom tea, they're selling at the same sales velocity that you would be happy with selling. So maybe if your goal is like $3,000 per month profit, that might be 20 sales a day. Right. So if they launched a year ago, maybe 7,000 sales, two years ago, maybe 20,000 sales, or maybe your goal might be, you know, $5,000 per month profit. So this is all dependent upon you and what you want out of your Etsy business. And then the, the last one is they need to be new because uh, you don't want to find an Etsy shop that's selling apparel that's doing well today, but they launched 10 years ago because it took them 10 years to kind of carve their spot in the market. You want to find an Etsy shop that launched one to three years ago. That's doing the numbers that you want to do, selling the products that you want to sell. Because in today's market, they were able to kind of carve their spot uh, in the market and get this thing, get what you define as success. So you want to find 10 people that you want to mirror or 10 people that you define as success based on your metrics. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, I like that. And like, you, it's really um, great that you emphasized kind of determine how successful you want to be, right? Like mm -hmm. there's shops that have, you know, a million sales and there's shops that have 50,000 sales. And again, it's also a function of how long they've been doing it and whatnot. So it's great perspective. It, exactly. So they need to be new because again, it, you're going to be new. So it needs to be as much relevant to you as possible. So now that you've scraped or you found, um, you know, your five to 10 shops that you want to mirror, we now want to use a tool. So again, like Everbee, for example, to scrape their storefronts. So Everbee, for example, has a tool. And this is all like within Etsy's TOS. This is not Black Hat. This is not hacking. You can go into that storefront store, use the Everbee Chrome extension and hit like, you know, analyze. And it's going to start pulling all the data from all of their listings. It tells you the predicted sales per month, the predicted total sales, the lifetime of the product. And this is like information on the products from the people that you determine as successful. So you scrape page one and then you click like load more and then it's going to scrape page two. You click load more, it's going to scrape page three. So if they have like a thousand listings, you want to scrape all 1000 listings and then you export that as an Excel file. So do you, you kind of think like, it's available? So it's, yeah, it's literally a click of a button and you have all of the back end information on an Etsy store that you determine as, as successful as an Etsy store that you want to be like, you see kind of like the power of like having the back end data on someone that you want to be just like. And not only just doing that on a small sample size of one person, but on a larger sample size of 10 shops. So we're having a larger sample size of what you determine as successful. So now that you've kind of scraped all 10 shops, you have 10 different Excel files of, of their backend listings. We want to combine all 10 listings or all 10 shops to one master list. So step three is you want to create a master list. And what you do is you open up either an Excel file or a Google sheet. You take shop number one, you hit control A, so you copy everything. You paste that into your master list. You go into shop number two's Excel file, control A, copy everything, paste that right below shop number one, shop number three, right below shop number two. So if like each, if each shop had like a thousand listings, your master list is going to have 10,000 listings or line items, right? So you, you see now the power of like having a larger sample size of 10 different shops selling 10,000 different products of what you determine as successful on Etsy and like in the power in that, in that raw data. So, for sure, man. And you got to be not scared of Excel, of course. <laughs> and the, yeah. Half the people watching are probably like, oh, wait, so we have to be in Excel? Oh, crap. So the cool thing about this is like, we're going to do like one thing in Excel. That's it. So it's like, and, and that one thing you can watch a YouTube video. Essentially, we're just copying and pasting. And then we're going to just like create a filter and then do one filter. So like, I don't want to dive too much into that, but it's like a simple YouTube video to find out how to do that. 
So step number three was we created our master list and that's like all of the valuable raw data. And that, so now we're going to start leveraging that data. So we've done all this work before we even like launched our first listing. We're doing all of our market analysis, competitor analysis before we even launch our first design. So step number four is we want to determine our success attributes. So that's like success attributes on a listing level and success attributes on a design level. So the way that I do that is take, you take your master list. It has 10,000 line items at this point. You, you, you apply a filter to the list, which again, you can watch a YouTube video on how to do that. Uh, you just go like to data, apply filter. And then one of the columns in your Excel sheet is called sales. So you don't want to do it on the total sales because if one listing was live for three years and another listing was live for three months, obviously the three-year listing is going to have more sales than the three-month listing. So you want to you apply a filter to the column called sales. And that's like what everybody's predicting that this listing does in the last 30 days. So it's, it's relevant for today's averages. And you essentially you click on that column and you sort it by greatest to least. So Z to A. So now not only do you have your sample size of 10 shops, 10,000 listings of all listings that you would be happy with selling. And it sorted that from the best seller to the least best seller. So it's like, in terms of like which listing you're going to launch first, it's going to be that one right there at the very top. Cause like out of 10,000 listings, out of 10 shops, that one at the very top is selling the best in terms of sales volume. And that's what we want is sales to equal to like money at the end of the day. So what we don't want to do is we don't want to just copy that listing. We add no value to the market. If we're just going to just knock off that person, cause you can copy their tags, you can copy their title. You can literally copy their design. But if your goal is to just copy them, you're taking money away from them and their family. You're adding no value to the market. You're just trying to get a piece of the pie, but you can actually add value to the market, leveraging what they're doing. And the way that I do that is essentially, again, step four is to determine your success attributes. So what I do is I click into that one that made the very top of the list. I click into its listing and I ask myself two questions. I ask myself, why did this listing make the top of the list? So I look at like the main image. Does the main image have like a gray shirt or a pink shirt? Is Does the main image have just a, a lay down shirt or is it wearing a model? Um, does, what are the price points? Does it have a display price, a daily flash sale? Um, what is it? What, what are the lead times, free shipping, not free shipping? Like, why do I think this listing made the top of the list? So you start making notes of why you think that listing made the top of the list. Why, why you think that listing was the best out of 10,000 listings. Then I go over to the design, the, the design that is on the shirt and I ask myself the same question. Like curiosity is going to be your best friend. Like why? So essentially ask yourself, like, why did this design make the top of the list? Why does this design sell the most out of 10,000 designs? So like, is it the font? Is it the colors? Is it the niche? Is it the placement? So you start like asking yourself these questions and taking notes. Okay. That uses a nice cursive font. That's not black and white. It's in that pet memorial niche. It's a dog mom shirt. And the placement is maybe in the top pocket corner. Okay. So you start taking notes. Then you go down to the one that made the second on the list. So this is the second best listing. And you ask yourself the same question. Why did this listing make the top of the list? Whoa, this one also uses a model for the main image. This one also doesn't have free shipping. It also has a display price. Wow, it also has, you know, three-day lead times and, you know, it's below 20 bucks. And then you go over to the design, ask yourself the same question. Wow, this one's also not black and white. This one's also, you know, a nice cursive font. This one's also like a pretty design that's in the pocket corner, right? So you start to see like, you start to see similarities between like the, the best one, the second best one. You go down to the third one, ask yourself the same questions. So I spent about two hours going through the, the top like 50 to 100 listings, asking myself those same two questions. And before you know it, you're going to start to have a better feel. This is this is like market analysis of like what it's going to take on the listing to be successful and what it's going to take on the design to be successful. 
your definition of successful in today's market. And then and you need to, and I was going to say, dude, it's also like for anybody thinking like, but you're stealing all this stuff that they figured out. It's like, just a reminder, like the people that rose to the top, this is because customers voted with their dollars. Like yeah. it's not because the person on the selling side forced somebody to buy it or something, right? This is, this is successful because this is what customers are preferring. So I, I, I like it, to remind it, people that. Exactly. This next point is going to make a lot of sense too. So like, so essentially I come up with like five things that I need to do on a listing side to be successful, whether it's on the, the images, the title, the tags, like what are five things you need to do on the listing side to be successful? And what are five things you need to do on the design side to be successful? And then if you go back to your master list, you go back into that first listing, what you're going to see is like, oh, wow, listing number one only did three of the five things on the listing and maybe four of the five things on the design. Well, I'm going to do five out of five things on the listing and five out of five things on the design. So that's how you add value to the market. Maybe number two did, you know, two out of five things on the listing, but five out of five things on the design. So you're going to be at five out of five on the listing. So you're adding value to the market. So like not everyone's being perfect, but you're going to try your best to be perfect. And that's how you add value to the market, giving the shoppers what they want. Like you said, like it made the top of the list based on the shoppers voting with their dollars and you're giving them what they want. And that's how you add value to the market. Does that make sense? Yeah, man, that's, I mean, it makes a ton of sense. And uh, you broke it down into a nice like linear process, which I know people mm -hmm. are going to love. Exactly. So like, again, like we haven't launched a single design at this point, like we're doing our competitor analysis, our market analysis, and then we, and we came up with our design at, or our success attributes on the listing level and on the design level. So then the next step is to just start launching designs. So at that point, I create my templates for my listings, keeping, in, keeping into account my um, listing success attributes. And then I go back to my master list and my master list essentially becomes like my to-do list. Like I go into that very top listing and I say, okay, I need to go launch a pet mom dog memorial shirt. Take, you know, cause like maybe that's the one that made the top of the list, but, but filtered through my five success attributes for the design. And then I go launch that. And then if you, and then you go down to the next one, that's the second one you launch, the third one you launch, the fourth one you launch. And that's kind of how I've been able to just launch like a hundred listings instead of a thousand listings and being able to hit the numbers I hit is because instead of doing like a shotgun approach or like a wide net approach where you need like a thousand listings, you're, you're kind of hope marketing, throwing listings out on all different kinds of segments of the market. It's like, no, I, I'm going to launch this one and then I'm going to launch this one and then I'm going to launch this one. So it's almost like a sniper approach. And that's kind of how I've been able to find success. Nice. And when you're doing like such good market research and implementing what you're learning, making these really high quality listings, I'm assuming also that like your Etsy ad spend like the dollar goes further because you're probably converting yeah. at a higher rate and mm -hmm. I mean less listings. You can go in there and manage the keywords. Do you even, do you spend time even doing that or. So the, the cool thing about this too, is like you're doing everything to the best of your ability, like on, on like the product selection on your, on the, your SEO, because again, the success attributes to where like, if something's not working, I, I'm, I almost like, I almost don't check my metrics of my click through rate or my conversion rate or, or my, or my art or my a cost or my TA cost or my ad spend is because like, if it's not to where it needs to be, like, I honestly don't know what else I can optimize because I went into the market as optimized as I can be. And what I found is like, I'm actually my, my I'm actually way above average. My click-through rate's way above average. My conversion rate is about a 6.5 right now blended. So like most people get like a one to 3%. I'm like almost 7%. So because you're, because you're giving designs that like are what people want and a listing of, of what people want, you're going to convert a lot more. And if you have a higher conversion rate, going back to like the ad cost that you're talking about, um, you're getting a better, um, your dollar is going to go a lot further on your, on your Etsy ads. And one thing not to lose perspective of everybody watching is like Steven's shop is successful. So he's going to see a higher conversion rate just because there's comfort in somebody going to his shop 
or I mean, not even his shop, but his listings, you mm-hmm. see the shop name, you see the number of sales, which is going to be exponentially higher than probably everybody watching. Let's be real. And even in like the, you know, reviews section, he's got really nice, probably picture reviews and whatnot from just all the sales you're making. So it's one of those things. It's like, it's uh, going to happen, you know, gradually where exactly. Know, well, yeah. Exactly. So I do have like 100,000 designs, 21,000, uh, 190,000 sales, 21,000 reviews. So that does help my conversion rate some with like the click through rate and then like understand that, Hey, I'm not a new shop. But again, like those aren't things you control, you, you can control today. Like today you might have like 10 sales in one review. Like that's not something you can control, but like the market research and the competitor analysis, you can. So like just focus on what you can control and then the rest will come later. Hey, Awesome advice, man. And uh, you're going to chop this up and put it in like a, a Instagram post, right? So I can link it in the description. Yep, exactly. Cool. Hey, that was amazing. And anything else you want to share with us before you leave? This was great, guys. Everybody, please drop some comments. Thanks, Stephen, for being here. Yeah, of course. Uh, one last thing. I'll just throw out like one more last piece of advice. So this this is like my market research strategy. Like it, it, you kind of have to pair that with like an Etsy ad strategy. So I'll just give you like, like a two-minute Etsy ad strategy for, for people who watch this. I'm all ears. <laughs> so when you launch a new product, whether it's the best product in the world or the worst product in the world, you're not automatically ranked on page 15. You're not automatically ranked on page one. You're probably ranked on page 15, right? And so the question is like, well, this is the best product to my best of my knowledge and the best of my design skills. How can I get this ranked to page one? Because that's where all the sales are happening. So I, I use a rule of thumb where like 80% of sales are happening on page one and then the other 20% are happening on page two through the rest of the pages. So if you're not on page one, you're missing out on 80% of the traffic. So like, how do you get to page one? What does Etsy look at to drive rank? The, the number one variable that Etsy looks at to drive rank is sales velocity, because a sale is, a, is the derivative of everything else being done correct. Like good product, you know, good listing, good conversion rate, maybe good quality score, good customer service. If everything is done correct, that leads to a sale, right? So Etsy looks at sales velocity to drive rank so then the question is, is like, well, if I'm ranked on page 15, no one's seeing my product. So I'm getting no sales. I can't, I can't climb the ranks. So, but if I need sales to get to page one, but I'm on page 15, I'm not going to get sales. So it's like the chicken and the egg scenario. So a lot of people teach like you don't need to turn on Etsy ads uh, to make money on Etsy. Like I completely disagree. Cause like if you, if you launch a new listing and you're ranked on page like, you know, 15 way down here, no one's going to see that. There's no way that's going to get to page one by itself you have to kind of feed it some sales velocity to drive rank. So the way you do that is I turn on Etsy ads immediately. So like I turn on Etsy, so my, my organic is way down here on page 15, but my paid listing is up here on page one. So you start getting some sales velocity with your paid listing and that's driving rank for your organic listing to get rank. So, so yes, you're paying Etsy to drive rank for your organic, but once your organic is on page one, most people will start buying from your organic, not your paid. So it's about, it's about, about 80% of my sales are through my organic, about 20% are from my paid, but I use my paid to drive the rank. So I look at Etsy ads as a tool, not like, not like a means to make profit. So like my, my Etsy ads are probably break even, but I'm, but that's okay because all my, all my profit is on my ad or on my organic side. So also when you launch a, a new listing on Etsy, Etsy has no data to go off of. Like they don't know your sales history for the last hour, the last day, the last month. So what they do is they actually give you a little bit more boost in rank. They call that the halo period. So kind of like give it some data quicker. So if you can like during the halo period, turn on ads and, and kind of inflate your, your sales during the halo period, you're going to drive rank even faster. So I encourage you guys to like take this uh, strategy of finding the right products, the right listings, pair that with Etsy ads. And you'll, it, that's kind of how you're going to see success faster. 
dude, that's incredible, man. And uh, anybody who's scared of ads, like, you know, this is why when Steven's saying like, hey, it's okay to go slow, mm-hmm. post only a few listings, do your best work by also not posting a lot of listings. If you enable ads, you can actually like spend time managing the search terms, which I know I don't, I don't like to harp on it too much. I think I probably do. But like, cause I've seen in there sometimes how they'll waste your money on stupid stuff. And I get mad. I'm like, ah, I got to go in there and like turn off, you know, I'm selling a shirt and they're like marketing me as a tea towel. I'm like tea mm-hmm. towel. Where'd that come from? Like, I've got some stories of some random phrases I've seen in there, but you guys can go in there and manage them if you don't have 10,000 listings. So that's the cool thing too, is like, if you don't have a thousand listings, only a hundred listings, it's easier to manage your ad spend. And I, again, I look at Etsy ads as a tool, not an expense. So like some people are like, Hey, $5 a day, Etsy ads. That's $150 a month. I can't afford $150 a month. Like that's too big of a bill. But the way that it works is think of it like an ATM machine. Like you put a dollar in, you get $2 back. Like the other day I was looking at my, my Etsy ad spend for 2022. I gave, I gave Etsy a hundred thousand dollars over the span of 2022, a hundred thousand dollars, but I made $250,000 back. So I put $1 in, I got $2 and 50 cents back. So at that point, like Etsy wasn't taking enough money, if that makes sense, right? So, so if you're doing everything correct, you will make a profit on your ads and then, and then bonus, you'll gain rank for your organic listings. So again, it's not an expense. Etsy ads are pay per click. You only pay if they click onto your listing. And if you have the right conversion rate, the right conversion rate, the right design, it will lead to a sale. Amazing, man. Again, thank you so much for being here. I know everybody that's watching really appreciates it. Everybody, please hit that like button. Let Steven know you're grateful that he came to share all this knowledge with us that he spent years building and a lot yes. of money, you know, validating the idea that, you know, that it works. So uh, Steven, man, thanks for being here. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.